Welcome to the hills and a shout out to all of you that watch online or at South Lake or West Fort Worth campus. So glad you're here. And I want to encourage all of you to be at one of our candlelight services next weekend. Uh, the candlelight service is my favorite service of the year. We'll have services on every campus on Saturday evening and on Sunday morning. And I feel like God's given me a strong word this year. In this series, Christmas Reframed, we've acknowledged that Christmas rarely works out as perfectly as we want it to. Uh, because the world just isn't a very perfect place. We were reminded of that this week with the loss of our dear brother, Ron Beasley. Ron, office just two doors down from me. And every time I've walked past his door this week, my heart's been heavy. He was a dear friend and he was a great co-worker. And I knew last Monday when I was with him in the hospital that as I left, I would never see Ron again until I see him in glory. So when I got back to the office, my heart was pretty heavy. And God is so sweet because there was something waiting for me. A stack of cards. There's a Christian school nearby called Fort Worth Christian. They have students from about a hundred different churches. And during Pastor Appreciation Month, and oh, by the way, there is something called Pastor Appreciation (laughs) Month that somehow didn't get on everyone's calendar. I don't know why. And they had the students write a letter or note to a minister. They didn't tell them who to write to. They didn't tell them what to say. And so I get back and there's this big stack of cards from uh, first graders all the way through high schoolers. And I read every single one and every single one blessed me. And I want to share just a few with you. One very young child says, thank you for being really funny when you talk about God. Well, you are welcome. Beautiful little girl named Natalie said, thank you for taking your time on thinking of Bible verses and things for church. And thank you for letting me get baptized last week. Well, you are welcome, Natalie. I'm so proud of you. And her brother Nate wrote me too. I love going to church to hear what you have to say each and every Sunday. Each time I go, I hope it will help me with my weekly struggles. And it always does. And thanks for also telling my dad I should get baptized in front of the whole church It was very powerful. I'm so glad you did, Nate. I'm proud of you. And I want to encourage anyone listening to me right now that hasn't been baptized yet to do that. And do it in front of friends and family and church. And then an older young woman named Avery wrote, I remember being really little and watching you preach and thinking you were the coolest guy ever. That's clearly a brilliant child. And she says, keep doing your thing. And I promise I will. And then finally, and I can't really read this name. It's clearly a young child because the handwriting is pretty messy. But dear Rick, thank you for all of the sermons you've taught. I've learned so much. Go Cowboys. (laughs) Now, clearly this young man needs to be an elder in our church someday. (laughs) Because he loves the same things that God loves. Because the truth is, there's just seasons in life where we all could use an extra dose of love. Like the guy in the bathroom looking at himself in the mirror and saying loud enough for his wife to hear, Honey, I am old, I am overweight, and I'm ugly. And he turns and says, I could use a little encouragement right now. And she says, Well, clearly you still have your eyesight. (laughs) 
And isn't it true that at Christmas we could especially use an extra dose of love? Because the most wonderful time of the year can be the most stressful time of the year. Even for Santa. Maybe you saw a letter that a six-year-old boy recently wrote for a school assignment to Santa. Let me share it with you. Dear Santa, I'm only doing this for the class. I know your naughty list is empty and your good list is empty and your life is empty. You don't know the trouble I've had in my life. Goodbye. Love. I'm not telling you my name. You see, we've all had trouble in life. And one reason is because we've all had trouble giving and receiving love. Because the love that we tend to picture is conditional. And world and culture has conditioned us to practice because of love. In other words, I love you because I find something in you that I deem lovely. And even religion jumps in. And one reason legalism thrives is because we're told God will love you because... And you fill in the blank. So we're taught to love because of, not in spite of. But in this series, Christmas Refrained, we're suggesting that Christmas gives us a new way to look at everything. And what I'm saying today is that the birth of Jesus has reframed the way we should picture love. Because I believe love looks like Christmas. And let me unpack that. The Bible contains a lot of stories. But they all come together to tell this one really big story of a God who is determined to rescue His children. Because He loves them with in spite of love. Not because they deserve it. Not because they have earned it. Not even because they have asked for it. But it's telling this big story of this God determined to save His kids because He loves them within spite of love. And at the center of the story is a baby. John puts it like this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Jesus did not come to proclaim our judgment, but He came to claim our judgment. Because we are loved with in spite of love. And we need Christmas to know this. And we don't need Christmas to know that God is powerful. We can look at the majesty of creation and deduce that. We don't need Christmas to know that God is wise. We can look at the order of the universe and deduce that the designer is brilliant. But what's his heart like? And that's why we need Christmas. 
To know that God is love demanded that He come in the flesh and tell us Himself. And His omnipotence is so great that He could do it. And His love is so great that He would do it. And with His coming, there comes a new way to picture love. John puts it like this. Dear friends, we should love each other because love comes from God. And everyone who loves has become God's child and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love to us. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we may have life through him. And this is what real love is. It's not our love for God. It is God's love for us. He sent His Son to die in our place to take away our sins. And so over and over the Bible says, do you want to know what love looks like? Look at Christmas. Love looks like Christmas. One reason is because love gets close. Long distance love is a contradiction in terms. Love comes near to what it loves. And love is approachable. Now one thing we love at this time of year are the holiday movies. And one of my all time favorites is Miracle on 34th Street. Which tells the story of the famous Macy's department store on 34th Street in Manhattan hiring a new Santa that was so kind and thoughtful and winsome. The question, is Santa real, gets raised. It's a wonderful movie. So I was a little disappointed to see in USA Today last month that the Macy's on 34th Street in Manhattan still has Santa. And you can still go see him, but you have to make an appointment. You can't just go and see Santa. Because he's busy. And you have to fit into his schedule now. And that's exactly how a lot of people see God. That he is distant. He is fixed and immobile. He's not moving. And he's hard to reach. But Christmas says no. (laughs) No, God Hits the road, compelled by love. Remember, Bethlehem did not mark the beginning of Jesus. What Bethlehem marked was the beginning of God among us in the person of Jesus. Because at Bethlehem, love got close. In fact, I'm about to make a statement that is so out there My finite brain can't fully comprehend it. Now, I believe it by faith. I think what I'm about to say is absolutely true. But it is so huge, my brain is too small to grasp the mystery. Are you ready? Christmas declares that holy God was willing to become a single fertilized egg. Surrounded by an amniotic sac in the womb of a virgin. 
That was how intense his desire was to say, I love you in person. There was a popular series of detective novels written by a woman named Dorothy Sayers about an aristocratic a crime solver named Lord Peter Whimsey. It's set in the 1930s in Great Britain. And Peter Whimsey is a brilliant crime solver, but he's a lonely and broken and hurting man. About halfway through the series, a new character shows up named Harriet Vane. Harriet was one of the first women to ever graduate from Oxford, and she wrote mystery novels. And they meet, and they fall in love, and... Her love for him begins to heal him and help him become a much better person. You see, Dorothy Sayers was one of the first women to ever graduate from Oxford. And she wrote mystery novels. And she fell in love with her character. So she wrote herself into the story so that her love could reach him. And the big story is about a God that would write Himself into the story to reach and to heal the ones that He loves. There is no other faith in the world that pictures a God that would get this close. But that's what love does. It comes near. It shows up. And then it gets down. Because Christmas shows us that love goes low. It'll get down to earth. I read an article written by a woman named Rebecca Sabke. And she is an admissions counselor at a Ivy League school. And so she has read thousands of Request for admission to this prestigious university. And they all look the same. The student talks about what great grades they make. How many honors they've won. What extracurricular activities they participated in and even led. And they're always followed with letters of impeccable recommendation by very important people. But what Rebecca said I was always looking for is someone that would champion thoughtfulness or kindness. Not someone that would impress me with how impressive they were. She said, I got this one application. And what is, it stuck out because the letter of recommendation was from the school custodian. Who said, you should consider admitting this student because he's just so nice. He always says hi to the hall monitors, always turns the lights off. He always helps pick up the room when nobody's watching. And he knows the name of every janitor in the building because he really likes us. And the student was voted unanimously by the board to be accepted into the school. Because that's just so rare. That's not how we promote ourselves. We climb up. We don't get down, but love does. Christmas is celebrating and commemorating the hugest demotion 
in history. Now, I'm going to read a passage from God's Word in just a second. It's written by the Apostle Paul. Some of you have read it so many times, it may not carry the punch it ought to carry. There is no religious book in the world that says anything about a God or deity like what I'm about to read. Let the power of it sink in. Here we go. Christ himself was like God in everything. But he did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit. He gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man and became like a servant. And when he was living as a man, he humbled himself and was fully obedient to God, even when that cost his death. Death on a cross. How do you humble God? Answer, you don't. God can only choose to humble Himself. And so what Christmas tells us about love is that love is more than giving. Now, love always includes giving. But real love is more than giving. Real love is giving up. Jesus gave up. Heaven to live on earth. He, he gave up a place where there's pure joy and beauty and love for a place of hate and sorrow and filth. Jesus gave up the glory of deity to be limited by the frailty of humanity. For the first time in eternity, God accepted limits on what he could do. Bound by time, bound by space. He gave up an existence where he's adored and served by countless angels so that he could come to serve in obscurity and poverty. Because love goes low. And maybe that's why you have noticed that in the Gospels, Jesus is always stooping. He's stooping over so that he can hold a child. He's bending over to pull Peter up out of the water. He's getting down on the ground so that he can look right in the eyes of a lady accused of adultery. Who's afraid to look at anybody. He's on his knees. Washing. The feet. Even of a man. That is about to betray him. And then. A few hours later. He's bending over. To pick up. A cross. Because love goes low. It doesn't just give, it gives up. He loved us so much he was willing to give up his life. He loved us so much he would make himself low enough 
that sinful men could lift him up and put him on a cross. Because love gives all. And if God loved us enough to become a man, and if God loved us enough to even become a servant, but that's as far as God's love went, then we would still be lost. God had to love us enough to become a substitute. Or as John put it, this is how we know what real love is. Jesus gave his life for us. So allow me for a couple of minutes to remind you of the beauty and the revolutionary message we call the gospel. Because Christmas rebukes the most commonly held religious belief of our day. That God just wants you to be better. Because being good is good enough. If that's true, why was Jesus born? And why would he go to a cross? We need to be clear from this pulpit. You're not a Christian because you admire Jesus. Or because you want to imitate some of his popular moral teachings. But you're a Christian because you admit that you can never be good enough. That you are dead in your sins. And that you needed God in Christ to come and be the sacrifice for you. You needed a substitute. You needed a Savior. And Jesus came so that love could go that far. The Hebrew writer says, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away our sins. So when Christ came into the world, he said, you don't want sacrifices and offerings, but you have prepared a body for me. And because of this, we're made holy through the sacrifice Christ made in his body once and for all time. How far did love go? Love went all the way to our hell so that we could go to His heaven. And it's forever changed the way God pictures us. Paul would say that God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. And so now when God looks at your picture... He sees the righteousness of Jesus. Wesley was so right when he wrote, Mild, he lays his glory by, born, so that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. That's why he was placed in the crib. So that he could go to a cross. Because love gives all.
And this is the big story the Bible is telling. It is a story of redemption. It is a story of grace. It is a story that shows us what real love looks like. Again, Paul said, God shows His great love for us in this way. Christ died for us. Not because of, but in spite of. Because we were still sinners. You see, love took Jesus to the place where He could take our place. Because the God of Christmas loves you to death. It was exactly this month, two years ago, when our nation grieved another tragic and senseless mass shooting. San Bernardino, California. Some people were in a training class at the Department of Public Health. And two men with masks walked in and just began to shoot round after round after round of bullets at all those inside. And two of those inside were Denise Peraza and Shannon Johnson. And they shot at Denise, but she survived. She survived because Shannon threw her on the floor and put his body between her and the bullets. What was aimed at her took his life. And she said his last words were, I got you. And Christmas tells us that God came, took our place, put His body where ours should have been. Because God wanted to say in person, I got you. And so what does that have to say to anyone looking for love today? Well, I'm here to tell you that love looks for you. Now, all other religions are going to tell you how to look for God. There's only one faith that says God came in the flesh to look for you. He didn't come because of. He came In spite of. Because love gets close. And love goes low. And love gives all. Back when the AIDS epidemic was first getting diagnosed. I remember reading about a young woman who had contracted the disease because of a very promiscuous life. And she was dying. The minister came to see her. And she said, there's no hope for me. God has no place for me. I have made too many bad choices. And on her dresser, there was this picture of a little girl. And the minister asked who that was. And she said, that's my daughter. She's the only good thing I've ever done in my life. 
And the minister asked him, Would you help your daughter no matter what she needed? Would you forgive her no matter what she'd done? Would you love your daughter no matter what? Of course I would. And he said, God has a picture of you on his dresser. There's somebody listening to me right now that needs to hear this. Because life and maybe some bad teaching has said, you're not good enough for the love of God. But Christmas says God's got a picture of you in his wallet. He got a picture of you on his refrigerator. God's got a picture of you on his dresser. And your worth didn't create his love. His love has created your worth. And my prayer is that you could picture that a love like that really exists. And so you know what I'm going to do on Christmas Day? At some point in that day, I'm going to get off by myself in the quiet. And I'm going to pray for you. And here's what I'm going to pray. I pray that Christ will live in your hearts by faith and that your life will be strong in love and be built on love. And I'm going to pray that you and all God's holy people will have the power to understand the greatness of Christ's love, how wide and how long and how high and how deep that love is. Christ's love is greater than anyone can ever know. But I'm going to pray that you will be able to know that love. And then you can be filled with the fullness of God. Love is looking for you this Christmas. Please receive the gift. So, Father, I pray, I pray that you would give us a greater capacity to believe and to receive your love. Defeat all the bad teaching and all the bad memories that would make us feel unworthy or make you seem unreachable. And I want to pray especially right now. There's someone listening to me and they are in a hard season. May they hear your Holy Spirit whisper. I got you. I always have you. And I pray this for Jesus' sake. Amen.